0: So Chief Runner wanted to know, does a pool add value to the property? (laughs) Filming with a dog. I love reading your comments and questions, and today I wanted to go over some of my favorites. Hey everybody, Melanie Atkinson here, realtor with Smith & Associates in beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida. And today, Tucker and I wanted to read some of your questions and comments that we've gotten on some of the last videos. I love when you guys comment and I love when you pose some really great questions. It's very helpful for everybody else watching the video sometimes. Sometimes it can be a little frustrating, I will admit, but most of the time it's fantastic. So let's go through some of my favorites. I had a lot of questions and comments about the video that I did on moving to Florida from California with the lovely Bill and Dottie. Some of you guys were so nice and I really, really enjoyed reading them. But I had some good questions, so I wanted to go over those. So Chief Runner wanted to know, does a pool add to the property value? Now, I think in a certain way, that's an obvious question. Of course, a pool adds to the property value. But what I wanted to address is that it's not always as much as people think it's going to add. To build a pool from scratch can cost anywhere from $45,000 know, to, you know, sky's the limit, really. But when you're selling a house, an appraiser does not even give it close to the value that it costs to build it. So keep in mind that if you really, really want a pool, that it's always gonna be more cost-effective to buy a house with a pool already there than it is to build one from scratch. However, if you fall in love with a house that doesn't have a pool, that might be your only option. Just keep in mind, if you go to sell that house, you're not going to get back the full value of what it costs to build that pool. So the reason that you have a pool is for your own enjoyment, not as an investment. So thank you for that question, Chief Runner. So comment, I'm gonna read, we moved from New York City to Jacksonville and we save $2,500 a month on rent and well over $1,000 a year on utilities. We also don't have to pay for heat, so that saves us around $3,000 a year. We have no regrets. And that comment was from TechDecker9100, and that was on Bill and Dottie's video too. So thank you for that. Shar asked on Bill and Dottie's video, won't their property taxes go down once they have the house homesteaded? So I wanted to talk a little bit about homestead exemptions in the state of Florida, because they're great. Whenever you move to Florida and your primary home is in Florida, you can claim homestead. So what a homestead exemption does in the state of Florida is it reduces the taxable value of your home, and it also caps the amount that your house can go up in value every year. So currently, if your house is homesteaded, it can only go up 3% a year. You also get a $50,000 reduction in the taxable value of your home. So, say for instance, your house was assessed for $500,000, you would only be taxed on $450,000. Now, there are some nuances to that, especially when dealing with schools, but that is the general rule. So, will they see a reduction in taxes once they homestead the property? Not necessarily. It depends on how long the previous owner owned that house and if it was homesteaded by them. So one of the things that happens whenever a home is owned for a long period of time to the seller of a house, so say they own it for 20 years and it's homesteaded that whole time, the value, the taxable value of that house is actually very low in comparison to what it will be once the house gets reassessed after it sells. So your taxes are not necessarily going to go down whenever you buy it. In fact, most of the time they go up if that house has previously been homesteaded. Taxes can be a little complicated and I love talking about them. So if you have other questions, let me know. There was one other question tax-related that I wanted to go over. So Love and Debt Joan on the new construction update video that I did asked about why the taxes go up after the first year and and wanted to make sure people understood that they might be paying more the second year that they own a new construction house. So let me explain what that means, because that's actually a really great comment. The first year that you buy a house, say you bought a house in 2020, and the CO didn't come out until 2020, the taxes for 2020 will be based on land only. And that is significantly less than land plus a house. So in the beginning of 2021, that that property will be reassessed to include the the actual house so property taxes will go up whenever you're dealing with new home construction lenders they are very aware of the fact that your taxes the first year are going to be lower than the taxes every other year and they try to prepare you for that so it is possible that your monthly bill will go up after the first year taxes are paid to account for the fact that you now have to escrow more for taxes but you should have advance notice of this happening. So it shouldn't be a surprise. And if you aren't getting that information from a lender and you're building new construction, please ask them about first year taxes versus every other year after that. So there was one other tax question that I'll get to really quickly here. I'm gonna read it, sorry. Um, L from the new home construction update video said, why are real estate taxes so high? Seems even higher than New York. I've seen taxes from 7,000 to 10,000 and they add another assessment for 2,000, which I suspect are hidden CDDs on top of high HOAs. How do we avoid paying for these expenses which seem to benefit the builders to pay off their bonds and pay for amenities we don't all need? Great question. First, I will tell you to watch my video on CDDs. There's a lot of information about what a CDD is and why they're there. They're not entirely wrong that it pays off the bond that builders and developers use whenever they're creating the neighborhood and creating the amenities. Neighborhoods with high CDDs tend to have a lot of amenities. I think he wants to get down. He wants to get down. Bye, Tucker. Bye, Tucker. So those communities do tend to have a lot of amenities. So if you're not planning on using amenities, if you're not an amenity person and you're not going to hang out at the community pool or use the clubhouse, then you really, really should look into communities that do not have CDD fees. Now, those other communities may have HOAs and those HOAs might be expensive, but at least you're not paying every year on top of your taxes, $2,000 to $3,000 on top of your regular taxes, because that comment is correct. The, The taxes do get very high, especially when you have a high CDD involved. So another question that I got on Bill and Dottie's video Uh, was the wife and I are looking to move to either South Tampa or West Chase. How would you rate the elementary and middle schools there? I love the question and I hate the question all at the same time because I can't really answer it. I get school questions all the time. I have lots of personal experience with the Hillsborough County school system. I've had two kids graduate that went through both public and private schools. And I currently have one now in high school in South Tampa, which is the main reason that I live here. But as a realtor, it gets legally and ethically sticky because it could be considered steering, which is a big no-no for a good reason. The good news is that there are a lot of resources for you to use if you want to figure out which school fits you. My favorite resource, and we will have it in the description box, is from the state of Florida Department of Education. And it is simply the breakdown of every school grade in the state of Florida. School grades are based on standardized testing in the schools. Now, I know as a parent, standardized testing does not give you the full picture of how great a school is, which is why you have to use that information in combination with other information. A lot of people use greatschools.org, niche.com is another one. Also on realtor websites like realtor.com, they usually have school information that's gathered from a couple of sources. If you use these tools in combination, then you should be able to narrow down which schools you feel comfortable with. After that, you really need to get on the phone, talk to the administration at specific schools, and if possible, go visit those schools. Remember that all rating systems are different, they're based on different things. I personally looked up a school that I know is fantastic on greatschools.org, and it was not rated very highly. So you have to use all these tools in combination. From the downtown St. Pete video, this question made me laugh. Gopi R asked, screw the museums. How is the single scene down there? I love this question, and I'm not actually going to answer this question because I'm not the right person to answer the question. However, I did want to throw it out there for any of you guys who live in St. Pete who can answer his question because I do actually get a lot of questions about single life in Florida and in the cities of St. Pete and Tampa. So I really would like to get a conversation started about what it's like. Be nice. What I do know about downtown St. Pete is it has some of my favorite date spots in the whole area. They have amazing restaurants. The pier is fantastic for a date. You have great parks and museums and super cool hit bars. From the Why Tampa episode, Sarah asks, are there any waves? It seems like a silly question, but it's actually a good question because a lot of people don't know the answer to this. There are not a lot of waves in the Tampa Bay area. Our waves just do not get that big unless there's a tropical storm or a hurricane out there in the Gulf of Mexico. If you like to surf, you probably shouldn't move to Florida, but if you like to surf and you want to move to Florida, you should probably move to the east coast of Florida where the Atlantic ocean waves are a lot higher than the Gulf of Mexico waves. So on the video I did about the four new home construction communities in Pasco County, John Arrario had a very important comment that I wanted to bring to the attention of everybody. He said, I just wanted to add, you mentioned that D.R. Horton Homes had block-on-block construction, which I did talk about. They have two stories of block construction. Well, we bought a beautiful townhouse in Riverview, and the main thing is we hear neighbors clearly with music playing, et cetera it's just not right that they do not insulate the shared walls for as much as you pay. He goes on for a little bit. And then he mentions that this is true even with new construction apartments. So I think it's a great point, John. And why I wanted to bring this up to everybody is to make sure that you're asking the questions, whether you're buying a resale or new home construction, whenever you're sharing walls, you ask about what's in between those walls, because there are a lot of instances where there's not a lot of sound barrier between walls. That is especially true with new construction apartments. I don't know what they put in between walls, but you can hear everything between walls, above you, below you, everything. So ending this on a super positive note, uh, Joula's, Jules, jules I'm not really sure how to say her name, Jules the tipsy cook commented on my moving to Florida in 2020 video and she said something fantastic and I, was, I wanted to read it to you guys. Hey Melanie, we recently moved to Florida from Rhode Island. We sold everything and drove down with nothing but our clothes and positive vibes. I watched so many of your videos before my move to make sure that Florida was for me. So far, this has been the best decision ever. I'm starting to share my journey through YouTube in hopes it will help others the way your videos help me. So I did check out her channel and I did watch, she does have one video on her adventure from moving to Rhode Island and to uh, Florida. She did not move to Tampa. It was super cute. I especially love the end where they're popping bottles of champagne after they bought their house. So check it out. We'll put the, um, the link in the description box too. For everyone who has watched this channel and commented this year, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm contacted all the time from people that tell me how much these videos help them in their move to Florida, and I could not be more happy about that. I can't wait for more in 2021, and I look forward to helping any of you out there who are looking to buy or sell in the Tampa Bay area. With love, Melanie.